Welcome back to Inside the Game, brought to you by Flex Coach and Flex Coach VR. I'm your host, Chris Riley. We're talking with Mike Hartman here on the show in segment two. Let's take a line change here, and let's go to 1993-94 with the New York Rangers. Um, you know, you're bouncing around, but you had an amazing seat, or a front row seat, as I like to say, to history in New York sports. I mean, it's people, you know, for years suffered, you know, everyone heard the chance 1940 and all over the place and everything. Um, the talent level was good when you went there for the Rangers. You had Mike Keenan, you had Mark Messier, Brian Leach, Mike Richter. I mean, Adam Graves, the list goes on and on and on. Um, when you went in there, did you notice or did you see to yourself or say to yourself, wow, there's something here. I'm, this is going to be special this year. I'm, I'm very fortunate. I'm going to put the time, the effort in. Did you, did you realize how special this was when you got there? Well, I, I looked around, and uh, when I was a kid, I, I told you earlier, I watched Clark Gillies, but I would watch the Edmonton Oilers as well. And I'm looking around, and here's Mark Messier, one of the best leaders in sports, very quiet. And I look to the, the left of him, and there's Kevin Lowe. And then the list goes on and on with the, the players that played for the, uh, played for the Edmonton Oilers and won Stanley Cups and Craig McTavish. And I looked how those – players carried themselves and it was good i said boy we look good no one even mentioned steve larmer who's one of the most underrated players uh yes in the game and we had a, a whole list of, of great players uh phil bork gets to our team and he's won stanley cups in pittsburgh and he's not even dressing and i said boy this this is a whole different situation eddie olchuk who i i know you know well and a good friend of mine he was a leader in, in the Winnipeg Jets. He scored, I think he's one of the few Americans that scored 30 goals five years in a row or so. Or Great player, uh, played for the Blackhawks. Toronto was in Winnipeg, and he's not playing for whatever reason. So I'm saying, boy, this is a different situation here. This is different. And you had to accept your role, and if you didn't, you'd be out the door. But So I learned just looking around, but what a great group of of leaders and people. And, and, and I learned from, from those players, you, you learn what it takes to win. They didn't panic. They just went about their business and they knew how to win. And they've won so many Stanley cups, a lot of them. So I think that was special. Did that permeate to the other guys who hadn't won? Like, you know, the leeches, the Richters, you know, cause when they came to New York, there were high ex expectations on those guys to pull off and, and let's end this drought of 54 years. It was actually 50 years when they all started coming in but were you saying to yourself, wow, these guys, you know, are going to be able to work like Messier probably came in and said, here's how we're going to do things. And Graves came in and Lowe came in and McTavish. And 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 you're right. They do carry their, themselves in a certain way. But did that permeate throughout the locker room? Did Keenan let them have their moments to talk? They they just did. Like, I, I don't think Mike ever held anybody back. I mean, we hear stories about Mike Keenan and I have a very good relationship with him today he just did whatever he had to do to win so those guys those those players i call them the, uh, the obviously the the impact players they they always had a say nobody you know was governing the, the the dressing room you can't say anything but when they said something it meant something and i think i think leach i'm sure i mean brian great defenseman, one of the best all-time players but just by being around those players and watch watching them every day and, and 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 like you said how they carried themselves and, and what they said meant a lot and I don't think we got too far ahead of ourselves we used to do things in segments 
So we used to evaluate, we'd have, we would evaluate ourselves after every five games. Sometimes it went to every 10 games. I think every five games you sit down and you, we do a self-evaluation with, 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 the, with the, could be the assistant coach, Colin Campbell or Dick Todd. Uh, Mike Keenan was in there sometimes. And how do you think you played? And this is what we have to do to get better. I don't, we, we did look far ahead. I'd be saying we didn't because the first thing that Mike Keenan did is turned on the, uh, a video of the New York Mets, the Miracle Mets winning the World Series mm-hmm. in New York and what it takes to win in New York without saying anything. We had a meeting, sat in the room, turned on the TV, and it was the, it was the Mets and, how, and what it meant to win in New York. That was the first thing. Not There wasn't a speech. No one talked about it. I think there was less talk in Rara than more just, wow. This, and I was like, wow. And just by being around those players uh, elevates your game. I mean, it just naturally does. What separates Mark Messier from others with his leadership, his focus? You know, how does he bring a team together with accountability? I mean, what does he do? Because he's so amazing to, to look at it, you know. And game before game six, he calls his shot. We're going to win tonight in New Jersey. We're going to, you know, in the, in the conference finals. He just seemed to have this like mission he was on that he wanted to win the Stanley Cup in New York and get out of my way. And if you're not part of it with the team, you're out of here. If you are, get on the train. You're going with us. That he just seemed to really be like a focused guy. Well, it, I don't think we have enough time. I could talk for hours about him. <laughs> I mean, what he says, he follows through. Like. He has a way of looking after everybody. Like I, it, it's hard to even believe. Personally, for myself, I I was in um, in floor. I was playing well, and I sat out. It was just part of the. I I sat out, and the same thing with Nick Kiprios and Eddie Olchuk. You had the best game of your life, and you'll sit for three more games, or you never knew when you're going to play when you're on the bubble, like we were the whole year. Being black like, aces, black, black aces, right? So I just remember, and I was playing really well, and we were in Florida, and we were playing the Panthers, and um, I told Mess that um, I'm not – after the game, we had a little bite. We were going to do a little something. I said, I'd like to see my mother. He goes, your mother lives here? He goes, don't go anywhere. He went and talked to Keenan. He was in there for 20 minutes. I dressed that night, and I scored the only goal I scored with the Rangers. So he, <laughs> he did things like that without taking credit for uh, – you might hear the Darren Langdon story even the next year where he bought Darren a couple suits so he could look professional and part of being part of a New York Rangers. Like he did so many things without being recognized. I remember I would never say the player's name, but he was unhappy with one of the players. And he's not gonna not gonna call you out and embarrass you like I've seen a couple players do. He pulled this player aside and basically said, cut it out for mm-hmm. whatever, whatever it was. Like, and then that player knows you're not going to do that again. He just had a way of doing things that really was, I mean, just a very quiet leader, but always did things from his heart. I mean, you've seen the guy cry so many times. Uh, and he was just such a, just a good all around person that cared about his players. And if you didn't do, if you didn't, if you, like you said, if you weren't going to follow what we're going to do there, you would not have been part of that team. So he he looked at everybody, whether you play one game or 80 games a year then, he looked at you as uh, his family, and he looked after us like that. And it's something uh, I'll never forget. Did, was Mike, did Mike at times step aside and just let, you know, let Mark maybe, you know, just tell guys, look, I'll, I'll take care of that. Or, you know, like sometimes 
you don't want to hear from a coach all the time during a season, even at the professional level. You know, you're going to start to, you know, shut people out because you're going to get so tired of listening to them. Do you think at times, you know, Mike would have gone to him and said, hey, Mark, you need to go talk to so-and-so for me. I don't want to push him too hard, but if he hears it from you, he might be more apt to, to, to do it or, you know, he's going to be more apt to listen to you. No, I don't. I don't think so. Unless it, I didn't know about that. The only because there wasn't a lot of you ever you you wondered about it. You know what I mean? It's that kind yeah, of a thing. There wasn't a lot of yelling or Mike Keenan never yelled or screamed, but he would tell you. You may not like what he would say. I remember I I, I played a game against uh, uh, Boston, and I, I'll never forget it. And I made a mistake. I took the puck and I was going to dump it high, really high in the air, and make a change. Well, I got it up, but it didn't go over the defenseman. Three shifts later, they came down and scored. But if I wouldn't have done that, that wouldn't have happened three shifts ago. And, and it, so what he did was we had our video, and he he rewinded it and stopped it, rewinded it. He did it 60 times. I think I got the hint of what. <laughs> like, he had a meeting, he, and he rewinded it. Oh, he stopped it. He re, And I go, I'm just sitting there. And after, like, you know, five minutes, all he did is stop and rewind. So they there was a way of doing things. Uh, without verbally doing it. But Mike was not afraid to tell you how he felt. He That was his way of getting the best out of players. And uh, I I like Mike Keenan. Um, it's funny because people from the outside, you may read different things. And and, I, there's, and Glenn Healy is a good friend of mine, and he jokes. He goes, oh, quit kissing his butt. He's not going to play you anymore. <laughs> I said, really? Jokes me. He's not going to play you anymore. You don't like. I, I've been on some shows with Mike, and I've done some things with Mike. And I said, "Listen, I was fortunate enough just to be there at the end because he got rid of a lot of players." I remember and, the big trade when he got the big purge. He got rid of Amante. He got rid of a lot of different guys just before the trading deadline. Yeah, and he called me at the house and said, "We're keeping you for the year. I don't know how much you're going to get in, but I, I just need you to be positive." So he called me just before the playoffs. Which I said, wow, you know, which, which did help. He goes, you might play, be ready to play. I go, he goes, you know, but just keep your head up. And that was that was, I, that was surprising, but in a way, because when you don't talk to him all year, unless he's, he's when he's talking to you, it's not a good thing, especially if you're a guy like us or Eddie O at that time or Kiprios or. Was Doug he? Or, why was he able to do in one season that fifty-four years prior no one was able to do? What was it about his style? Like, what was he just like so driven to 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 break that curse? You know what I mean? Like, people here in New York are still like amazed, you know, because now they they haven't you know they haven't really done well since 1994. They've been back to the finals a couple of times, but they haven't been able to get the prize again in the Stanley Cup. What was it about Keenan coming in and just in one year he takes that team to the finals and wins? I think he has a way of doing things where it's almost pre-calculated. And I don't mean it in a bad way. I mean, he knows exactly what he wanted. Whether we had Mike Gartner, who's the fastest guy in the league, leader, captain type guy, and he just did not fit with Mike. And he's should I, I miss that. I mean, Mike, Mike deserves it more than anybody, but for some reason, Mike had a way of doing things. Now, now Mike Gartner was a, was our, like he's such an amazing human being, great person, but I don't think he liked them from day one. I'm not, I, I believe maybe I'm wrong. Eddie Olchuk, maybe he didn't like, you know, maybe I was too small to do what he wanted me to do every night. So he 
going to use me for 30 plus games. I believe he has it all mapped out. He yeah. knew, like from day one, like I said, we watched the Stanley Cup. Uh, or we watched the, uh, the World Series in New York and what it takes to win in New York. He saw us having that parade. He envisioned that. And what did we do? We had that ticker tape parade in in New York. So and sometimes coaches win and lose with their with their guys. And we got rid of Tony Amani, who's an unbelievable hockey player, for some good hockey players like Mato and Noonan are, are great players. Stefan's a, a, a one of my best friends, but Tony Amani was the he was, was lighting it up. Yeah, he was the future of the team. So I think there's a. I think that um, Mike has a way, and it worked. But listen, it was game. What if the puck bounced the other way? And I don't know what would have happened if we didn't win that game in Vancouver. What, what would people be saying against <laughs> Vancouver? Right? What would have happened if the you know if there was Mike Richter played out of his mind too? So it, it worked out, and I I can't answer the question of 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 how it happens and. In, yeah, it's just it's a very fascinating thing to me. Some guys come in, they just do it. Other guys can't. When did you know it was time to retire? When did you just say to yourself, this is it, I can't do this anymore? It was actually after the lockout where I got back to the Rangers. I didn't play a lot. And I was hoping, you know, the, the year after we won the Cup, I said, there's no way I'm going to be here. Well, they had the lockout, so they had to keep me uh, around. It was part of the deal. They just couldn't send us down. And I asked them to send me to the Detroit Vipers to get – more ice time because I knew my day would be done anyways. Just because you're on a Stanley Cup team doesn't mean you're going to be picked up the next year. And then once I was down, I realized that I I probably, if I look back at it, I would have I, I was a player coach in the minors. I was the captain uh, when we won the Calder Cup. Got hurt that year and didn't play a lot. Uh, I played in the playoffs a little bit, but it was a tough year. I realized it's time to stop. But then you always get it's like a Adrenaline thing. You get back and Bob Helkitas calls me while I'm in Charlotte, ready to retire. We came to the Carolinas and they wanted me to play in Germany, which I'm glad I did. I ended up playing. I see the jersey behind you. I ended up playing for the U.S. team for Lou Vero. Um, Big uh, Lou. Yeah. So, uh, it, yeah. And Ben Smith, it was a great experience. So it worked out. But I probably inevitable thing to do is retire a little bit early and get on with my life. I, I hung on and. And I played for Charlotte every two or three years when they needed me. I was my last game was in 2008. I was 40 plus years old. And I'm walking oh in God. kids that are closer to my kids' age, and they're looking at me like, "Who's this guy coming in?" You know, they didn't know I was. They didn't know. They didn't know your history. No, hockey. Like, no, they didn't know my name right away until like the guys until. The coach had said, this is Mike Hartman's playing, and the kids may have known. But I came in. They look at this guy, and one guy says, uh, are you in the right room? I said, is this, is this for the men's league game tonight? And, like, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I probably should have stopped a little bit early, but I just loved the game, and I, I knew the NHL days were, were, uh, were behind me. That was Mike Hartman, Stanley Cup winner with the 1994 New York Rangers here on Inside the Game, brought to you by Flex Coach and Flex Coach VR. I'm Chris Riley, the host. Make sure to tune in on all your different podcast platforms throughout the internet.